up guys it's jp from the chase down i'm also here with my co-host ben what's up everybody and today we're doing a western conference breakdown yesterday we gave you the eastern conference and now we're going to dive into the western conference so what we're going to do is we're going to go through seeds one through 15 and kind of just give you a breakdown breakdown on why we think they're going to be there so ben i'll let you start who is your number one seed in the west this upcoming year the number one seed in the West, I think, has to be the LA Lakers. Yeah. Um, I don't – I think it's very, very hard to argue another team, like the Jazz doing it again. Just the amount of talent that's on the Lakers right now is ridiculous. If it all meshes, they are a unstoppable team this year. I'm not sure between them or the Nets who's going to have the higher win total, um, but I think LA is going to be clear number one. I'm totally with you. When you have three players of that caliber, um, you're going to be above every other team in the West because no one has a three that's as good as that in the West. Um, I'm thinking the closest one is probably a healthy Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and then Michael Porter Jr. or Clay, Dre, and uh, Steph. I think those are the two that compete. But I think with big, like important players coming off those teams with injuries. I don't think they stack up to the Lakers big three air quotes there. Um, but yeah, I like their free agent signings too. Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, um, just little periphery pieces that they added. I, I think they did a decent job. I don't think they really missed at all with their free agent picks. Um, Wayne Ellington's awesome. He is like such an underrated shooter because he's been on Detroit. Nobody cares about Detroit. Yeah, um, Malik Monk's going to be really good for this team. Kendrick Nunn, I think, is going to be pretty solid. Um, who else did they get? Kent Bazemore is serviceable, like seventh, eighth man. He's fine. Yeah. Um, my concern here, and I don't know how realistic it is of a concern. Do you think there's going to be a focus in the regular season on stats over winning with Russ, LeBron, Carmelo, AD, and Dwight all on the floor at the same time, like people fighting for stats? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's too talented of a team when you get players like that. I mean, with Russell Westbrook, you never know because he's that's, that's all what I'm saying. Know. Like, is he yeah. fighting for rebounds? Is he fighting to be the guy getting the assists? Do you think any yeah. of that's going to happen? But this is my theory on the Lakers, and this is kind of why I think they're going to get the number one seed. I think Russell Westbrook is a floor raiser and a ceiling lowerer. Is that a word? I don't know. We're going to yeah. go with it. Um, but he's just he's not that guy that brings you over the top. He's the guy that gets you to where you want to go, but he can't get you to the destination. Someone else has got to drive you there. Um, so the regular season, that's just going to be Russell Westbrook's time to average another 20 point triple double throughout the season. LeBron's going to be able to average 22, nine and nine. Anthony Davis is going to give you what he gives. And then when it comes playoff time, it's going to be all LeBron. So um, per and another thing is the defense. I'm a little concerned about this team's defense. Russell Westbrook is a horrible defender. Um, ben, he, Ben, Ben, he is a horrible defender. Okay. Um, Anthony Davis is incredible. LeBron is really good still when he tries, but I feel like at this stage in his career, he is taking games off on defense just to save his legs a little bit, which I completely agree with. I think it's the smart idea. Malik Monk, not known as a defender. Wayne Ellington, not known as a defender. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's a good defender, but then you're missing out on offense there. Trevor Kendrick Nunn's not bad. Um, let me let me. Uh, yeah, Frank rebuttal. Vogel. Frank Vogel is an excellent defensive coach. True. We saw last year with LeBron and AD out, they were still able to be an almost 500 win team, and they yeah. were still able to be a top 10 defense, missing LeBron and Anthony Davis at the same time. I don't know if that's personnel or Frank Vogel, but I think it's a, a lot of Frank Vogel. I think it's a mix because Kyle Kuzma is a really good defender and Contavious Caldwell Pope is a good defender too. So I, I think it was one, the scheme from Frank Vogel to keep that thing going, but also I think it was the personnel. Um, and this is the oldest roster in the league, like by far, I think it's the oldest roster in NBA history, actually. Um, I don't know how much that matters. Honestly, this team's going to dominate when you have that much talent. It doesn't matter how old you are or how bad your defense is. It's similar to the Nets in the East. It really is. Like, we knew the Nets defense was going to suck, but it didn't matter because the talent at the top was so intense. I think it's a very similar situation here. Yeah, it'll be – I'm really 
excited to watch this team because I don't think there's going to be real problems. I think these guys are all going to like sacrifice whatever they need to uh, stats wise to win. Um, LeBron takes regular season games off. He like, he does not play them at a hundred percent of his energy. And Russell Westbrook does everything that he does at a hundred percent of his energy. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, but I think it'll actually work really well for them because Russ can be a dude who just gets fast break buckets all day. And LeBron can just camp under the basket, get a uh, defensive rebound and chuck it. Um, it's just like, they have so many scoring options. I think they're just going to be an awesome, awesome team to watch. Yeah. The one thing that it's weird, like I have these small concerns, but at the end of the day, I know LeBron AD plus Russell Westbrook equals better than every other team in the West. Right. Like another concern I have is the shooting Malik Monk, great three point shooter, Wayne Ellington, great three point shooter, but they're not guys that like flip games on their head. Like they're not a Joe Harris, like Joe Harris can score like 30 and a half just on three pointers and he can win you a game by himself. These aren't, they're not those level of shooters. I don't think. Um, No, um, I don't think they need to be. Joe Harris is like such a luxury piece for the Nets to have. Right. um, Because his shots are so wide open and he's a good three point shooter. But these guys, Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk, Bazemore a bit, uh, Kendrick Nunn a bit. These guys are going to get wide open threes. Like just step into the your your favorite shot. That's what LeBron gets for you. Yeah. Um. So I don't really think there's any reason to worry on that front. Maybe in the playoffs it'll be a bit dicey. Yeah, and I, the paint's gonna be a little crowded too, just because Russ can't shoot at all. And LeBron, he LeBron improved his shooting, but he, I think we all recognize his greatest trait is going to the rim. And then same thing with Anthony Davis. So it should be, it's an interesting experiment. I think it's going to work undoubtedly. Like I think they're definitely the one seed in the West. I just, I want to see how things play out with them. Yeah, totally fair. Um, Our number twos, I think are a bit different. I am as big of a Nuggets homer as I am a Celtics homer. Um, (laughs) And I have the Denver Nuggets as the two seed. Yeah, I have the Jazz. Okay. Okay. So um, I'll, I'll do the jazz really quick. Basically it's the same formula as last year. Defense, three point shooting, nothing's going to change. The roster's almost identical. Mike Conley is going to be back and healthy. Like it's going to be the same team. They're going to win a ton of games and Rudy Gobert, as much as you can say against him in the postseason, which I did violently uh, in the regular season, he's just a defensive mo- mastermind monster, whatever word you want to use. He, he affects every single regular season game. So I think that's enough to keep them at the two seed. I think, uh, yours is more realistic than mine. Um, they were the one seed last year and I mean, they were at the top of the conference the whole year, practically. Yeah. Um, they had the, just an excellent, excellent regular season and they were so counted out, um, you're right about Rudy Gobert. He is such a difference maker. Um, the Jazz didn't get better at all. No. Um, but I'm not sure that the other teams in the West really got a lot better immediately besides the Lakers. Um, so I think it's fair to put them there. Um, I, I just – I don't know. I think I, – I was very, very surprised with them being the one seed last year. I think it's a little bit fluky. I'm not sure. I think they're kind of going to become the Milwaukee Bucks of the West. Like they'll have a top five defense and then just shoot an unreal percentage from three in the regular season. And then it'll just break down the playoffs. Like I I don't expect them to be a great playoff team, but in the regular season, they will rack up wins. I think that's totally fair. Um, I picked the Nuggets because I, first of all, I believe in Michael Porter Jr. getting better. Um, He's got a full healthy off season, which I think this is his first. Um, and he was well aware at the end of his playoff run, what it is that he needed to get better at. Mm -hmm. Um, he's gonna, I think he's going to come into the league with a dribble with the ability to put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop. Um, and Jamal Murray's going to come back halfway through the year. And I think Jokic is going to continue his MVP play. Um, they have one of the best team chemistries in basketball. Um, I just, I, this is, this team's always, always great in the regular season. I understand why you put them at two. I'm a huge MPJ fan too. I'm a big, big fan of him. 
Um, Will Barton will be healthy again. Michael Porter Jr., like you said, is going to have Bones Highland draft like pick. Bones Highland. Yep, good draft pick. Maybe Bull Bull gets a little f- more playing time. Um, but as long as Murray's not there, I think the two seed is like just a little too far out of reach. I think Murray's such an important piece to them. And I know they played really well without him last year, but he just adds a different element to that team. You're totally right. Um, I, I think that they, my, like if, if I were to be correct, I think that they would be hovering around like four or five seed for most of the season. And then Jamal Murray comes back and they just go, go on a tear. Gotcha. Um, but I think, yeah, expecting them to be a two seed to hold that the whole con- to hold the whole season, excuse me, would yeah. be a little bit unrealistic. Whereas the Jazz could hold the number two seed the whole regular season. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like the Nuggets. I think two is a, a little too high, but I think basically what you said, I agree with. Um, let's move on to three. This might be a surprise. I'm not sure. I have the Golden State Warriors as oh, the I like three it. seed. Yeah, so I'll get into this a little bit. Clay Thompson is an all-NBA-level talent, great defender, probably the best catch-and-shoot player of all time, uh, maybe the second-best three-point shooter of all time, only behind Steph. Uh, you have MVP-level Steph on your team. Draymond Green was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year last year. He was unbelievable on that side of the ball. They signed Iguodala back. They got Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. They still have Andrew Wiggins. That's and they got Otto Porter, that's five wings that they can just interchange to take turns on opposing best players or if they need versatility with their lineups. Like if you need shooting, you put Otto Porter and Moses Moody out there. If you need defense, you do Iguodala and Kaminga or Wiggins. Like there's so many combinations. I really like that. And I'm going to put a little bit of faith in James Wiseman, a little bit of faith. Um, He did not play well at all last year as a rookie. I think he bit off a little bit more than he could chew. I think he would have been a guy who really benefited from just like kind of sitting on the bench for a little, uh, similar to what LaMelo did, but like maybe throughout the whole entire season. Um, But I think maybe a full off season under his belt gives him a little more comfortability within that system. Or maybe they start running more pick and roll for him, which is his best trait. And maybe he gets a little bit more involved. So I think, I think they have some potential here. That was a very passionate speech. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good year to be a Warriors fan. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's not crazy at all to have them as the three seed. I think you might need to pump the brakes a little bit on Clay Thompson being like anywhere close to as good as he used to be. He's not gonna he's so good, or he has been so good at creating space for himself without the ball. Yeah. Um, like just quick cuts, getting around screens, all that stuff. He does it better than everybody. And I think that's gonna be a bit lost um really when he comes back for at least for a while i think Um, he'll have a slow start yeah the shooting is always going to be there he could be a standstill shooter and still be like super super serviceable i like the idea of steph curry draymond green and then any of the five wings just pick three of them and throw them out there Mm -hmm. um they're gonna do a lot of that I don't believe in James Wiseman, but I don't think it matters. Like, I think yeah. even if he stinks and they got to get rid of him or just not play him a lot of minutes, they'll, they could still be a three seed. Um, I didn't put them there. I have the Jazz at the three seed. Yeah. Basically, for all the reasons that you have them as the two seed, I just like the Nuggets a bit more. Completely fair. Getting back to the Warriors with Wiseman, I think I agree with you. Like, I'm not even sure he'll be a good NBA player. Um but I think it's okay for people to have bad rookie seasons, especially when you're on an organization that that's, I mean, one, he got injured, right? So like we didn't even get to see him play the whole full season. So he could have showed us something that he didn't in the games he played. Um, two, he has a full off season and this, they're going to use him differently. They're not going to expect him to put up huge minutes every night and like contribute to winning a bunch. I think they're going to use him as like a tool this year instead of being the centerpiece um, at the center spot. I just don't think that's realistic for him. So I think he can improve a little bit. I'm not expecting a giant jump, but I think he will be better than he was last year. I think that's fair. Yeah. You got to shrink his role pretty sizably um, relative to what it was his rookie year because he was just getting way too many touches rookie year. And with Clay, what you said, I think I understand your concern, 
But seeing Kevin Durant and what he just did coming off an Achilles, averaging 30 points per game throughout the entire playoffs and having one of the best playoff performances of all time, I'm not really concerned about it because Clay, the one, the only aspect is defense. Maybe his defense slips a little, but him running around screens and catching and shooting, that's never going to go away. Can he sit in the chair and guard James Harden or guard Kyrie Irving? anymore you know what I mean like that's the one thing I think Kevin Durant was able to deal with that a little bit better because he's seven foot tall so he can still be a shot blocker but he still has good lateral movement so that's the only thing I'm really concerned about with Clay. but I think offensively he's going to be the same guy yeah I, I think that that's fair I I've seen that like not every torn Achilles is the same like the recoveries aren't the same if it yeah. snaps I'm not a doctor so like this is just an idiot reading stuff on the internet but if it ruptures at like the bottom of the achilles you can reattach it a lot easier than if it ruptures in the middle yeah um and the guys whose careers get destroyed from achilles tears it ruptures in the middle like demarcus cousins um but i don't know which one's clay's is i just i'm i'm worried just because it worked with kevin durant i'm not sure that it's going to be like 100 percent successful with clay yeah that's Um, fair but i mean the shooting is still amazing and he, he like straight line speed he'll have no problem like they, they love to do that elevator doors play where two yeah. guys play runs from the paint to the three point line and two guys set a screen for him. Um, he could do that all day. Yeah, I agree. So um, getting to the four seed, um, Ben, who do you have as the fourth seed? I have the Warriors. Oh, yes. Okay. So I have the Suns. Uh, um, I think they reached their mountaintop last year, getting to the finals and being a two seed. Um, I think that was probably their peak. Just the way they played in the finals kind of underwhelmed me. And I think the Clippers would have swept them if they had Kawhi. And I think they would have lost to the Lakers in the first round. Like, I think they overachieved. And I think that's okay. Like, they're still going to be a home court advantage team. But I don't know. Chris Paul is getting older. I know we say that every year about him. And he he went crazy last year. But you just have to keep it in mind. Um, And then... Everyone else is pretty good. I, I don't know. I don't have a bunch to say about them. I just feel like they hit the mountaintop and they're going to regress pretty, pretty decently. Yes. Yeah. There isn't any higher the Phoenix Suns could go. Um, right. I don't think they'll be back to a finals anytime soon. No. Um, barring like lots of injuries, obviously. Um, but I think that that's fair. I, so our lists are very similar. I just have the nuggets at the two seed and everybody else I've bumped down a peg. Yeah. Um, so I have the Suns next, um, and I have the Warriors in the four seed, basically for all the reasons you had the Warriors. So Phoenix, do we think Devin Booker can get any better? No. No? I don't. I think, well, I guess improving his three-point percentage would be the one area, or defending, learning how to be a better defender. But he's like seven years into his career at this point. Like you kind of, you kind of are who you are at seven years into the league. Like that's a pretty. At 24 though. True. Yeah. I think that's, maybe that's ignorant of me to think he can't improve on areas of his game. I that's maybe he adds a couple more elements, but I think think the three point shooting is big. I think what you just said there is, is definitely it. Do you Um, think he actually improves it? Yes. Because he was a 34% three point shooter last year that is below nba average right on a lot of attempts um on five yeah oh only five five okay that's not a lot um yeah that's something he needs to get better at the first his first playoff series against la he was shooting the lights out from three Mm -hmm. um the second series he played i'm forgetting who it was against but he shot the lights out from three and then he went to the finals and stunk um he could improve in that, in that facet. I, I watch him shoot threes off the dribble with confidence and make them. And it makes me think he can do it consistently. Yeah. Yeah. In the playoffs, he shot 32% from three. Yeah. And his first series was pretty solid. I think his first series was 38 to 39%. I, I remember game two, they clamped his ass up, yeah. but just yes. So the answer is yes, he could get better. Do I think he will probably a little bit but nothing like nothing that pushes the suns past the warriors jazz and lakers in my opinion yeah uh, i agree i just have the nuggets also higher um so move on to the fifth seed 
Who is your fifth seed? I have the Nuggets there. I, gotcha. I'm a, I think Murray's pretty important to them. Uh, I, I think their team's deep as hell, but I think like, I, I just, I don't know. He's Murray's a borderline all-star. Like I feel if he stayed healthy, he was definitely making an all-star game. Um, yeah. I think I there's a good chance. So I'll try to sell you on the Nuggets at two again. Okay. Um, I think there's a good chance Michael Porter Jr. makes an all-star game. I would not be shocked. If he has the ability to dribble and he's also a 40-something percent three-point shooter and he also is a good rebounder, um, he's going to get even more points. Like his points per game could jump up seven or eight points if he can dribble, if he can put the ball on the floor. Um, like he is supercharged Kelly Oubre. You got one, one thing to do and it's score, and he's going to do it pretty much every single time. Um, and yeah. Jokic is still going to be his same self. Austin Rivers, they re-signed. Um, Aaron Gordon, they still have. Like, Jamal Murray is the only piece out. I know he's a major piece, though. Yeah. Like, if Michael Porter gets to 22-10 and 10 on a two-seed, he absolutely will be an all-star. I think his scoring could be even higher than that, honestly. Yeah. No, it could. I think I don't he'd be pre- at, like, 24. Yeah, I don't want to predict that, though, because that's implying he has a dribble good enough to do that. Like, right now, right, he's right, kind right. of a catch-and-shoot um 91% of his baskets last year were assisted. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's implying, like, to get to 24, you need a handle. You can't yeah. just, you can't just catch and shoot all game long. Yes, you're correct, but that's, that's what I predict uh, that he'll do. Is get all right, who's your five seed? My five seed is the Suns. The Suns. Um, same reason, they didn't really get any better, I don't think. Um, I, I mean, Devin Booker could make marginal improvements. If he improved as a three-point shooter, they're, like, automatically a better team. Um. But I don't see the the rest of their team really improving that much. No. What do you think DeAndre Ayton could do next season? Do you see improvements for him? Because he was like twelve and ten last year. That, those were his stats. Like, yeah. do you think he, he could he be a fifteen and twelve and eighteen and twelve type of guy, or do you think he's set where he's at? I think he could. Um, I mean, honestly, I thought he could last year. He had the skill to last year. Um, yeah. His problem is he's not very assertive. Like he doesn't need to take five, six shots in a game. Like he will just sit in the background and do whatever he thinks is helpful. Um, but if he doesn't ever get a pass, he's fine with it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's actually to his detriment because he's such a good player. Like he could really dominate in the post. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think he could be like a 15, 16 and 12 guy. I really hope so. I predicted a 20 and 10 season for him last year and a guaranteed most improved player award. He did not live up to those expectations whatsoever. Um, But he's a great defender. Like no matter what he does, he's a really good player. Uh, I would like to see some growth for him. Yes. And there's a lot of room for growth. And we saw in the playoffs that using him is good for your team. Yeah. Um, So I hope that they involve him more. Um, they already involved him more from – or he got better. His stats didn't get better, but he got better uh, last year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like the stats need a little while to catch up, which is weird. Um, but he, he, was, is, he is already a really talented player. Yeah, he, he could be argued as the second most important on that Suns team in the playoffs. Yes. Because the second he came off the floor – they were minus like 15 every single he time. He played really good, floor. smart defense on Jokic. Yeah. And teams recognized the second he got off the court, they just drove to the hoop every single possession. In the Clippers series, it was clear as day. The second they took DeAndre Ayton out of, out of the game, Paul George would go to the hoop every single possession. And then once he was in the game, he would settle for jump shots. So he has a giant effect on defense. So no matter what, whether he improves his scoring numbers or not, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it's possible that they rise to like the four seed or three seed. I just like who I have above them more. Same, same. Um, what are we on here? Six? Yep. My sixth seed is the Portland Trailblazers. <clears throat> okay. I think uh, they didn't, they got like marginally better. This team is always like a healthy four seed. Um, they have, they've been that good all the time. They've been like, Dame is just really, really good at carrying uh, lineups. 
But when they're healthy and they actually have bigs, I think that they are like their ceiling is a four seed. Um, everybody's healthy. Yusuf Nurkic, I think, was starting to get back into form. He started off really slow. Um, CJ McCollum's still on the team. Nasir Little hopefully has a little bit of growth. I think this team should be pretty good next season. I am not uh, okay. Dame and CJ together is going to get you into the playoffs. Um, I just don't know how much I trust Yusuf Nurkic and the surrounding cast. Uh, that this is another example of like if a star player comes off the court, they suck. The second Dame goes off the court, this team is not good. Uh, Anthony Simons disappoints year after year. Norman Powell, they just give him, gave him a ton of money. He's a pretty good player, but he's very inconsistent. One night he's going to have 32, and the next night he's going to have 12. Uh, Nasir uh-huh. Little, I've been waiting for him to pop. Uh, just hasn't happened. Robert Covington, me and you both realize he's overrated. And Yusuf Nurkic, I don't know how I feel about him. So, I mean, I have them at seven, so only one seed below you. Um, but I don't, like, I think their ceiling is where you have them. I think a six seed is their ceiling. I don't see them getting past any of the teams I have above them. Um. So let me know who was your six seed then. Dallas. Okay. Well, I have reasons to fee- to be worried about Dallas. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do a little Dallas thing quick. I just think Luca's better than Dame one-on-one. Like I'm taking Luca over Dame every day. Um, he's a top like six, seven player in the league. He's going to be probably second place for MVP next year. I just think it's kind of like, he's just such an unstoppable force by himself that he will carry that team to a six seed. Okay. Um, I think that that's, that's totally fair. Um, I think that they're going to be the seventh seed. We have those. Okay. Um, so I first want to say that the, the Portland trailblazers roster outside of Damon CJ is worrying. Um, I like Derek Jones jr. He's not good offensively. Um, Nasir little really hasn't grown. You're right. Um, ben Lack- McLemore is not terrible for like a, a vet min deal. That's like not bad. Um, Norman Powell. I like, but you're right. Offensively, very inconsistent defensively. He is solid rock solid. Yes, he is. Um, I, I don't know if I think Chauncey Billups will elevate this team or not. Um, he's changing it up. He's changing the plan up. He's got more plans for their offensive defense. Portland was a garbage, garbage defensive team. Um, the second worst. Yes. And he stressed to his, he, what he stressed to his guys is we are taking fewer threes. We're not just jacking up threes all day. We're driving into the paint and we're playing defense. Defense is not optional. That was what he said at a, at a presser. Um, so I think this, this, offense was getting stale like nothing was changing in portland's offense and defense and nothing was improving i think chauncey billups has the chance to improve the team a bit i think it could be a very similar situation in dallas too i think it's just luca chucking up shots everyone else just watching him chuck up shots i think jason kidd's not gonna allow that i think he's gonna be off ball a little bit more than he was last year and I think they're going to move the ball at a decent rate. So I think we're kind of saying the same thing for both of these teams. Like a new coach could maybe reinvent the offense and defense to give them a better shot. I think maybe you trust Dame more than you trust Luca. I trust Luca more than I trust Dame. Does it come down to that? It's actually for me, I think Jason Kidd is a god awful coach. Um, I think that they really, really made a major mistake signing Jason Kidd. Um, I think there's a good chance that he doesn't do the Mike D'Antoni offense where it's Luca dribbling the ball for 20 seconds of the shot clock, every possession. Um, And that makes your like supporting cast more interested. Like it was obvious that a lot of those guys, when they're just like, you get four catch and shoot opportunities a game and that's all you do for us. And you play good defense. There's lots of guys who really don't like that. Um, It makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and I think Jason Kidd won't do that. I just don't think he's a good coach. He seems to be like the worst player coach in the NBA. What's weird about him is he has, like, there's no doubting that he did help develop Giannis and Chris Middleton. Like when Jason Kidd was about to get fired, Giannis advocated for him to stay. That's how much Giannis liked him. 
I think there's definitely a developmental aspect to Jason Kidd, but I mean, Luca's already an MVP candidate. How much more development does he need other than getting off the ball? That's, that's literally the only thing he needs to do. Just get off the ball, let your teammates run some stuff. And I think with Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway and Chris Tops, you have options to get other players buckets. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be good for Luca's career too, to not be uh, James Harden in every possession and like yeah. actually spend some time off ball. Cause like, James Harden and Russ are two dudes who suck at being off ball. James Harden's a lot better on it about it on the nets. Um, but in Houston, he was terrible. He would just like sit around the three point line and do nothing offensively. Uh, yeah. And Luca does the same thing. Yeah. Luca expels zero energy when he is not holding the ball in his hands. Um, and I think snapping him out of that as early as possible is definitely a good thing. So if kid can do that more power to him. I think so, too. Um, let's go to the eighth seed, and then we're going to take a break after this. Who do you have at the eighth seed? I have the L.A. Clippers. Okay. I have Memphis. I think that's fair. Um, I'm just going to talk about the Clippers real quick. Kawhi is going to miss the practically the whole season. I think the entire season. Yeah, he will. Um, so Paul George is going to be running the show. And Paul George in the regular season could be an MVP candidate if his team were higher seeds. Like if it was Paul George and a whole bunch of pretty solid players around him, he could be an MVP candidate. Um, Clippers aren't going to be that high, but Paul George is probably going to average like 28 a game on pretty solid numbers, pretty solid efficiency. Um, I don't know about the rest of their team. I think that they're just okay. Reggie Jackson, I like that they brought back. Um, Nick Batum, they brought back as well. I think that's good for them. Uh, Eric Bledsoe scares me, but I think he's going to try on the Clippers. Uh, yeah. They just have enough talent with Paul George that I think they like they'll they'll get the they'll squeak into the eight spot. I think that's fair. I think there's some aspect to this clip upcoming Clippers season that will be developmental in a sense. Um, they still have Luke Kennard, who they don't give many minutes. I think he'll get a minutes bump. They just drafted three players that they are keeping. Brandon Boston Jr., which you like a lot, Jason Preston, and Keon Johnson. I think they're going to give those three players a decent chance to try to develop. Um, I don't know how seriously they're going to take this season. I think Paul George is going to be able to rest when he wants to rest. And I think Reggie Jackson is going to be just fine taking a bunch of shots all by himself um, this season. So I think that's why I have them at the nine spot. For Memphis... They're just, we've talked, we talked about this last year. They're just super deep. Not really anyone who sucks. No A plus players. Um, but I think they have a great coach. I think they have John Morant, who I think is a budding superstar. And I'm also kind of banking on Jaron Jackson Jr. to get back to form. Um, I want to see 18, 19, 20 points a game from him this season. Hopefully he can achieve that with a healthy off season. But if he can be that guy, I think they're a good, good idea for uh, eighth. Yeah. I have the clip, the uh, Grizzlies, sorry, the nine seed. Yeah. Um, I just think the Clippers are more talented. The Grizzlies are clearly a better chemistry team. Um, John Morant, just, just the, the, the leadership that he brings is undeniable. Um, I think we've seen a good amount of improvement too, from some of these guys like Desmond Bain. Uh, dude that you talk about constantly is a guy the Celtics drafted and then traded away for nothing. Yep. Um, he's awesome. He showed it in the summer league that he did not belong there. Yeah. Uh, he was awesome. I think he'll get a, a minutes boost. Jaron Jackson Jr. has got to be something. Yeah. Man, he doesn't have to be like what we thought he was going to be, defensive player of the year, hitting 40% from three, but he's got to be something. Agreed. Um, I don't know, man. Do you believe in – uh Zaire Williams I don't know I was so <laughs> high on I know me and you spoke about this off air but when the draft happened I was really excited about the pick because I liked that the Grizzlies took a home run swing because I think they're going nowhere fast I think they're going to stay at the eighth seed the next four years if they don't land another star through the draft um so I liked that idea but Zaire being the prospect I'm not so sure about um, he makes mistakes that I make playing at like the YMCA. Like if someone rifles me a pass on a pick and roll and it slips through, through my fingers, like 
that's what happens to Zaire Williams. Or like he trips on his own feet. Like he just looks like an aloof 6'11 shot maker. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes you're like, is this Brandon Ingram 2.0? Or is this a dude who will be out of the league in a couple years? It's that big of a variance. He's still growing into himself, like growing into his body. He's still like figuring out how to move. But that doesn't, I mean, to drop like open passes under the basket and just fumble it out of bounds. And right. Like, I don't know. It just looked like a little kid out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that's fair. I saw like reports from trusted uh, Memphis insiders that said that Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson are being shocked by Memphis. Really? Um, for the right price. They said that they could, they would consider getting rid of both of those guys. Um, which signals to me, if that's true, that you're not trying to squeak into the playoffs. Yeah. Or you're thinking maybe I can trade two of these guys plus some picks and bring in some star. Right. Um, or like some, some higher, higher caliber player. I think it was what you said at first. I think they're taking a step back. I think they know they're stuck at the eighth seed. And I think that Pelicans Grizzlies trade signaled that they were taking a step back by taking on giant contracts and then just shipping them out two seconds later um, to get to move up in the draft. I think, that's a signal like, Hey, we know we're not good enough to compete. We need to put another star next to jaw. And we're going to try to do that through the draft. So maybe you're right. Maybe I put them at the wrong spot because if their intentions are to shop okay players and then just keep jaw and triple J together, they won't be as good as that. They seed, I don't think. Right. Um, If they did that, they'd allow more minutes for Desmond Bain who plays the two and three. Um, they've got D'Anthony Melton at that spot. Who's really good defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, they've got so many guards, like some of them have to go to make minutes, make time for others. Um, but I think just talent wise, they will be the nine seed because John Morant's just like, he just wins. Yeah. Um, and even if they're trying to tank, like if John Morant's healthy, he's not going to lose games on purpose. 100% agree. Uh, We're going to take a little break here and then go through seeds 10 through 15. All right. And we're back. Uh, So we've gone through one through nine. So the 10 seed, the last spot in the play in tournament, I am picking New Orleans Pelicans. I am also choosing them. So I think uh, it was a little bit worrying the way that the New Orleans Pelicans were going. They wanted a good defensive guard that they could pair with uh, Zion. And they let Drew Holiday, they traded Drew Holiday away and they let Lonzo Ball walk. They didn't try to pay for that contract, pay him 25 mil a year. Um, they let him walk. And they brought in Devontae Graham. I think he'll be a good shooter. Trey Murphy is where I think the New Orleans Pelicans hit the hardest. I think he's going to be a really, really good piece for them. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have a lot more of Point Zion which I think is going to, first of all, be fun, fun, fun to watch. And second of all, they've surrounded him with a bunch of good catch-and-shoot guys. Um, And I expect his assist numbers to go up, and I expect the Pelicans' three-point numbers to go up a lot. Yeah, so I give David Griffin a ton of shit. Um, The Devontae Graham move I like because he's a good shooter, but he had to give up a first-round pick to get him. That seems Mm -hmm. a little crazy to me. Um, And letting Lonzo leave – to Chicago and you get Thomas Sanaransky back like I don't know not in love not in love with that um I think they could have done a little bit better with just what they got in return but in terms of how the team is constructed I think it's better now and like you said point Zion will definitely be a thing he'll be able to kick out to guys like Devontae Graham and Trey Murphy Trey Murphy shocked me a little bit in summer league uh I know when we first went over the prospects I liked him as a guy who could play defense and shoot threes, I didn't think he was going to be that good at shooting. Like it wasn't just catch and shoot. It was like pull up, shoot from like around a screen and just sink it. I was not expecting that um, to like translate so seamlessly. Uh, I think that was a really good pick though. And I think he'll probably get a lot of minutes as a, as a rookie behind Brandon Ingram. So I think this team's going to be a little bit better. I'm just, I'm praying they don't miss it again. Cause if they do, I, I think some new Orleans fans are going to be very sad with what Zion does. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, they made the right choice getting rid of Van Gundy as the coach. Um, 
I like that they have Jonas Valanciunas. I think he's a bit better than Steven Adams. Sometimes I think his stats are a little overinflated, but I think he's he's pretty solid. Um, I think Trey Murphy and Zion could do a lot of two-man stuff. Like pick and pops, just pick and rolls between those guys um, would get Zion lots of buckets and Trey Murphy lots of threes. Yeah. Um, Brandon Ingram's still on this team, balls out every year. Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to get a starting spot, I think, this year, and he's a yep. much better starter than he is a bench piece. Um, I like this team, man. I just I want them to make the playoffs. I don't know if it's just like high hopes for me, yeah, um, or if it's actually realistic, but I want them to make the playoffs very badly. I think they could run one of the deadliest small ball lineups in the entire league. I think if you put Zion at the five, Brandon Ingram at the four. Trey Murphy at three, Devontae Graham at one, and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker at two. That is just an unstoppable paint force surrounded with shooters. I think that would be wonderful whether they do it or not. Who knows? But there's potential for this team to win some games finally. Yes. Trey Murphy's a good defender. Yeah, like, he is. Very good defender. He's 6'9", 206. Um, so he can guard fours. Like you yeah. could leave Brandon Ingram at the three. Um, I like that small ball lineup a lot. Um, with Valanciunas out there, though, they're going to have – I mean, the paint, paint might be a little clogged, but I still think you could do three out of those four players uh, or, like, four out of those five players plus Jonas Valanciunas, and it's still a very solid lineup. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think Jonas was a decent pickup. I think he is better than Steven Adams, but, like, by a slight margin. I yes. think they just do slightly different things. Steven Adams, I think, is a better screener. Um, and I think he's a better offensive rebounder. Um, but I mean, they're very similar talents. Also shout out to David Griffin for getting rid of Eric Bledsoe. Um, I think even if he did nothing else, that would have been a great move. He shipped him off for like, not bad value. Um, still got Trey Murphy, who's a solid piece. Yeah. And he got Jonas Valanciunas. I think he did a good job on that trade. The, the reason I don't give him a ton of credit is because he was the one who put him in the hole. Right, so right, right, right. But he dug himself out of it. Yeah, but why get in the hole of the first fall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair, but fair. All, all in all, all in all, I think this was a decent offseason for New Orleans. I think they do have a pretty decent shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, they should, man. I still think they got chances to, like, make trades. Um, I'm not convinced that Brandon Ingram and Zion go well together. And I think that you could probably ship Brandon Ingram and bring in somebody who works better with Zion and like yeah. improve your team. Um, but the team as it's constructed could be a 10 seed easy. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on to 11. Yes. Who do you have at 11? I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. So do I. Yes. Uh, this is your team. I'll let you have the floor. I just think Anthony Edwards is going to take a jump. I think Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell will be healthier this season. They want, they lost, no, sorry. They were uh, hurt in crazy amount of games last year. Um, I think Jaden McDaniels is going to take a step up as well. And they have, it's weird. Like they have good individual defenders, not good team defense. So they have Pat Bev, who's like, okay at defense. They have Torian Prince, who's pretty good at defense. They have Josh Akogi, who's good at defense. They have a few players that, like, really do put in work on the defensive end. They just have trouble getting team cohesion down on that end of the ball. But I think their offense is going to light it up. With a player like Cat, if Cat was on any other team than the Minnesota Timberwolves, he's making all-star games every single year. Like, I'm talking even if he was on, like, the eighth seed every year, every year he's making the all-star game. So, uh, I think with those three, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns, I think they're good enough to get to 11. I think that you're right. Um, I wish that they could be higher. Same. Uh, I wish that they could be a playoff team. Uh, Malik Beasley, I don't know if you talked about much. No, I didn't. Um, but he is an excellent shooter, and he will be back for the season. Um, he was injured for a bit, and then he was in prison, and now he's out. Yep. Um, so he'll be there. Um, I, the Minnesota Timberwolves scary spot is their big men. Um, they've got Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed and Ed Davis as their centers. So when Carl Anthony Towns goes down or when he misses, when he's not on the floor, their center spot is weak. 
and they don't really have lots of power forwards. Um, so their big man spot is weak, but they have lots and lots of guards. And I expect Anthony Edwards to get better, to be like pretty consistently good this year. Yeah, so do I. I think he's just going to be able to get to the, I mean, he was able to get to the rim at will as a rookie. So I think it's just going to get even better. I think he's going to work on his handle, maybe his passing a little bit um, and hopefully team defense also. Cause one-on-one I was talking to um, our friends, Nate and Mike Rugg a couple of days ago about this. I watched more Timberwolves games last year than Celtics games last year. So I know, like I got to see him up close and personal and on one-on-one matchups, he always competed. Like he always gave a shit when he, the, his person that he was guarding had the ball. It's when they don't have the ball is where he is like one of the worst defenders in the league, like backdoor cuts all day. Um, just run a pin down. He's not even going to try to fight through the screen. Like he, he forgets he has to play defense or something. Um, so if he can just key in when his def- like opponent doesn't have the ball, I think that improves his game drastically. Yes. And that's like a big part effort thing. Yeah. Um, people like to say that defense is mostly effort and a lot of them are wrong. Um, Cause like your footwork has to be pretty incredible and you got to be pretty fast. Um, and you have to be smart about like when people are making the moves that they're making. So there's a lot more than just effort, but off ball, you just have to stick to your man. Yeah. You have to be aware of where he is and you have to stick to him. Um, and he doesn't, Ant doesn't do that very well. No, um, but when he is locked in, like there were clutch time fourth quarter games where he is locked in first two quarters, first half of the game. He doesn't care if you backdoor cut him. Um, but in the last couple of minutes, he puts in effort. It's just got to be something he does the whole game. Um, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is their big man spot is weak. I like a big part of me wants this Minnesota Timberwolves team to fail so Carl Anthony Towns can go to a better team. Um, he is so underrated, like the best big man shot creator in basketball. Um, I honestly I, could be history, honestly. Yeah. Best, Honestly, shooter, he, best big man shooter ever. Yeah. I think that's not a stretch to say. Um, look at his numbers. Look at his stats. Nobody at 6'11 can shoot off the dribble like he can at his size. Like, n- yeah. not Kevin Durant, 6'11, but this right. Carl Anthony Towns is built. Right. Um, and he's doing ridiculous shit with the ball from three-point range. Um, nobody else does that. But I want him to be on a team that's good, and Same. this is not it. I think it could be in a couple years. That's what I was just about to say. I think they're like on the same tier as New Orleans because I think Zion's a little bit better than Carl Anthony Towns, but not by much. Um, and like who's Zion's next best player? <clears throat> Brandon Ingram. I think Anthony Edwards is close to Brandon Ingram. It's not that far of a difference. And I think D'Angelo Russell's better than Trey Murphy, their third best player, or better than Devontae Graham. Mm. So, I mean, like their team, those t- the top three are close it's just how the rest of the team falls so i i don't know it could be minnesota make sneaking into the play-in this year who knows i would love to see it man i would love to see anthony edwards in a game that really matters he would um, dominate dude i think he really i th- really really think he would um yeah i think i i would love to see them be an eight or nine seed maybe if the team above them gets injured yeah. and they stay healthy which health has always been a problem for this team Yes. Um, hopefully they can rise up a little bit. Uh, so let's move on. Who is your 12 seed? Sacramento. Yes. Same here. Yeah. So I think we might have, be on a roll here for the final five teams that we're talking about. But Sacramento, they have De'Aaron Fox. They have Tyrese Halliburton. They have Davion Mitchell. And I think they still have Harrison Barnes as well, who had a pretty decent year. Yes, last they year. still have him. Um, so that's a pretty good team. Uh, like... <laughs> The talent alone will make them like competitive in games, but one, their culture is just horrible. Two, they don't stack up to other teams. Three, their head coach is a dingus. Like, I think they're really going to have trouble winning games. Uh, Their center spot and forward spot are kind of bad. I know Harrison Barnes played a lot of four for them, but I mean, if you actually play Marvin Bagley big minutes, you're gonna suck. So (laughs) not a lot of faith, but excited to see Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell this upcoming year. Yes. I think they still have plenty of time to get rid of Buddy Heald and bring in somebody who's a little bit better for them. Um, I think it's good that they kept Rashawn Holmes. They paid him good money. 
Yeah. Um, and honestly, good for him for going out and getting it. Um, Tristan Thompson's now on this team. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it is an interesting team. I'm really, really excited to watch Davion Mitchell. Yeah, same. Um, watching him in the summer league, he was such a better defender than every every guard was ready for. Um, like the every go back and watch. Go look at the stats for every opposing player. James Booknight had a terrible night being Horrible. guarded by Davion Mitchell. Peyton Pritchard got put in jail. Six points, couldn't do anything. Davion Mitchell hounded him constantly. Yeah. Um, he'll be like all NBA defense immediately. Yeah. Um, it sucks that he's so short because I'm like, st- I don't know, just the, all the guards in Sacramento, it's a bit worrying. I'm starting to think it doesn't matter as much as I thought it did. Like Trey young was six foot one air quotes. Like he's not that tall and he just dominated the NBA playoffs. Like, I'm not sure how much it matters anymore. Sharif Cooper, small, he just dominated. I think Reggie Jackson's not a big guy. I don't think he's like small, but I don't think he's big either. I don't know. I, I'm starting to not care about that too much. And I think honestly, hot take here. I think in two years, De'Aaron Fox could be off this team and Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton are the two guards. I think they could just trade them because Davion Mitchell's so good and they don't need De'Aaron Fox. They could. Um, I saw a report out of the ringer this morning that De'Aaron Fox is very content in Sacramento. Um, and doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, it's not like that one that would change anything. If they want to ship them, they will ship them. Right. Um, Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, that's a really cool guard pairing. Yeah, um, it is. Maybe it's time to get De'Aaron Fox some new scenery. Uh, I think I understand why he's content getting paid $28 million to ball out with no pressure. Yeah. Um, Marvin Bagley has a chance, man. I'm not no. believing. I'm not a believer. Um, but he has a chance to be a serviceable NBA player. He can, th- there's just the, the upside to him is so real. Um, if he wasn't taken before Luca, the conversation about him would be so different. Um, he like, he has so many really, really good traits as an athlete. As um, an athlete, not as a basketball player. He can get you 12 points in two minutes, 10 points in two minutes on like just bucket, 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 bucket. And back-to-back-to-back possessions. He can do that. That is true. Um, He can get you a double-double in eight minutes. Like, he, his stats sometimes are amazing. And then other times, well, first of all, he can't stay healthy. And then because of that, he never really develops. Well, I also think he's like an egomaniac, and he also doesn't play defense. Like That's true. I think he thinks he's the best player on the Kings. And I also think because he thinks he's the best player, he doesn't have to play defense. He is one of the, he's D'Angelo Russell at the power forward spot. Like he just doesn't even try. Yeah. Um, I no hope for him. Yeah. I, I think that there's still a chance or at least they could shift him and buddy healed for somebody of value and marginally improve this team a bit. I do want to give the Sacramento front office a real like hand, like applause, I guess is just, the last two years, drafting Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, they're kind of killing it. And this is the new regime. They So the new regime's batting 1,000 right now with Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton. Because, I mean, just from what I saw with Davion in Summer League, he's at, at the very least going to be an all-NBA defender. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a win at the nine spot in the draft. So I think they're doing a great job. Hopefully they just keep hitting pick after pick and they can kind of make their way to winning pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's really possible. Um, there's a lot of hype around their second round pick. Uh, Nemeas Keita, Queta, I don't know what it is. His first Portuguese dude to be uh, drafted into the NBA. Huh. Um, seven foot, 245. It's just like a very big body. Um, I'm not sure if there's hype because he's the first Portuguese dude ever or because he's a good talent. Gotcha. Um, but I, it's a that's just a dude to watch out for bargain bin dude to watch out for being pretty solid. All right. I'll look out for him. Um, number 13. I have Houston Rockets. Oh, this is where we differ. I have San Antonio. Wow. Okay. So I think San Antonio has the worst roster in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think they have one of the best coaches of all time. So that's kind of my thinking. Uh, Murray's an above average player. Derek White's an above average player. 
Lonnie Walker's an average NBA player. Doug McDermott's a little bit better. Darren Vassell, uh, Devin Vassell was one of those guys that looked too good for summer league. Yes. Um, they got Thad Young. They have Keldon Johnson. Jacob Pirtle's a great defensive center. He does nothing on the offensive end, but he protects the rim. I think they're going to suck. I think they're going to be horrible. I think no one should tune into their games. They are going to be horrible to watch. I do think coaching matters though and I think culture matters and I think that's going to help them out yeah I think that that's totally reasonable um I have the Rockets at the 13th spot and I agree with you that San Antonio has the worst record worst roster in the league um their coach is incredible I think it's going to be the opposite situation for Houston where they are just going to accidentally win a whole bunch of games due to the young talent on their on their team um Josh Christopher looks like a good draft pick, man. At 24, looks like he could be pretty solid. Um, Jalen Green's going to come into the league ready to roll. Yeah. Um, Alperin Schengen is awesome. Yep. He showed it in the summer league. He's awesome. Um, they got Daniel Tice, and I love Tice. Christian Wood's going to be healthy. Um, they've got Avery Bradley on the team. Daniel House is solid. Kevin Porter Jr. is solid. Kenyon Martin Jr. is not bad. Jay Sean Tate's not bad. Yeah. Um, they're going to luck into more wins than they're meaning to. Um, I'm sure that they're trying to get another high draft pick. And I think that they're going to like a little bit squeak out of that bottom four in the league, just because their talent's a little bit too good. They do. They're looking at their roster. It is decently talented. Um, I just think, I don't know. I think they're so intent on losing that they're going to lose. Like, I think they're going to empower Jalen Green to take, like, 25 shots a game. I think they're just going to shove the ball to Shengun. I think John Wall might get, like, benched. Like, he might get the Andre Drummond treatment this year. Mm. Um, I don't know. Eric Gordon's definitely getting traded. I just think this team's super-duper young, and I know the intent of the organization is to be in the top five of the draft again. Like that's definitely, they're already looking towards next year. So I guess I understand they are good that like, no, they're not good, but they have enough talent to win a few more games than San Antonio, just roster versus roster. But I think, I don't think pops the type of coach that's going to let a team lose like barrel out while he's still there. I think they're not going to let that happen. So I get what you're saying, but I think it's fair. Um, I actually have uh, San Antonio dead last. Yeah. Just because their talent's awful. It's so bad. Actually, um, I don't know. I might just agree with you because I they by far have the worst roster in the league, like by far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going to struggle to win games, even with a very, very well coached uh, dude and pop, unless DeJounte Murray has like an unreal leap. Um, and like, unless their pieces just work perfectly together, they're not gonna, they're not, um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm changing it to 15 here on my spreadsheet. I, right. They just, they have no shot to win. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, so Houston Rockets, they're in the same conference as San Antonio, um, and New Orleans and Memphis. So they're all be playing each other a lot. Uh, I just, I think that Jalen Green can be like a good leader. I didn't I think, think it for be. a while. I thought he was literally just a bucket getter and that's it. Like a really amazing bucket getter and that's it. But I think he could be a good leader. Listening to him talk about like his goals makes me think like he's serious about busting his ass and trying to be as good as he can be. Yeah. And he's like definitely a me guy. Like he, he has goals for himself, but teams need that. Teams right. need a player they can look up to who's just going to achieve everything they put their mind to. Kobe was that way. Kevin Garnett was that way. And then after a while, Kevin Garnett became the ultimate team player. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just think he'll be a good influence on that team. I just think they're, they're not going to be great. They will be better than San Antonio. But let's talk about the team we haven't talked about, the OKC Thunder. Yes. Because last year, they were winning games when they weren't even supposed to. Mm -hmm. They were trying to lose, and they ended up winning. Um, SGA should be an all-star. Yes. Uh, like he's just incredible Lou Dort good player um I think that's I mean they have Poku we have no idea what Poku is going to give us though like he right. he is such an enigma as a player um they drafted Trey Mann they got Josh Giddy. 
I don't know. There's some potential here for a little more wins um, than maybe Houston, but they're definitely in this bottom three. What do you think about them as a team? Um, Watching the way they all like boost each other and make each other better in the regular season is fun. Like as they all marginally improve, but they're not good players. Shea Gilgis Alexander is an all-star. Lou Dort is, or should be an all-star. Lou Dort is excellent. Trey Mann's not bad. He'll be okay for them. Um, some of these guys are like really, really forgettable. Teo Maladon is really forgettable. Isaiah Roby, really forgettable. Um, Mike Muscala had a not a bad year, but like there's just nobody on this 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 roster besides Shea yeah. that really matters. Yeah. Um could be that dude. Josh Giddy scares me a little bit now. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm I'm so out on him. And I just think like if they start to tank, they'll just throw minutes at him. Like, it'll just be same sort of thing we did last year. Um, I don't think Shea was making up his injury because uh, he didn't play in for Team Canada yeah. because of it. So I think it was legitimate. But they may just sit him and give stupid minutes to Josh Giddy and have him run their offense with Poku and Jeremiah Robinson Earl and whoever else is out there. Yeah. Yeah, there – so – I think we both agree. Houston 13th, Thunder 14th, San Correct. Antonio dead last. Correct. Um, yeah, I do not see good things from the Thunder. I think I, I did a little rant about this on our Instagram page, and I might as well just bring it to this episode while we're here. Why does Sam Presti get to do what he's doing? It's it's the process all over again. It's tanking. It's Philadelphia all over again, and he's getting no criticism. And I think it's just his past reputation for drafting Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden that led to going to a finals that's keeping him safe. But like, there was a reason Sam Hinkie got fired. It was because the league didn't want him there anymore because he put a bad reputation on it. Like he is like sat out Al Horford forever. I think the SGA injury was fake. Lou Dort had a injury every two weeks that didn't make sense. Uh, I just think, what he's doing is kind of disgusting and gross. Um, I'm not super anti-tanking. Like, you're taking the risk. It's up to you if it fails miserably and you look like an idiot. Um, That's why I'm excited they got the sixth overall pick this year because it's mm-hmm. like, haha, you just wasted a year of your good player's time and now you get Josh Giddy as your reward. Like, good for you. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, Josh Giddy's still got a chance to be solid. Um, like in a very unique sense, he's not a prototypical basketball player, um, but his feel for the game is still incredible. He, if he could become an athlete, um, he could be a good piece for a team. Like it's, it sucks that that's what I'm saying. If he could become an athlete, maybe he'll be a good piece. Cause I really believed in him, believed in him on draft day. Yeah. Um, but just watching that, he's like, I don't know, man, not the greatest basketball player. He just is really, really smart. Um, but he, it's like he had, doesn't know how his hands work all the time. Yeah, no, my thing I did on my solo podcast that I put out for us, my thing was, is he seems like a really good passer and a really good rebounder and then not good at anything else. Yes. And is that enough to be a competent NBA player? I'm not sure. If Ricky he had Rubio, really good handles, then yes. Right. But Ricky Rubio was a great pick and roll player and he, um, was good at defense, but he had a little bit more to his game than Josh Giddy did. Right. Um, so I'm not really, I, I don't know where I land. Well, I do know where I land on Josh Giddy. I'm not super sure on him, but just the Thunder organization, when they chose to sat, sit Al Horford all last year and make up injuries for their players, they were aiming for Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. And I think it's like, I, I think it's good that the odds didn't go their way. Good bit of karma. Yes. Is what you're yes. saying. I guess. I guess. Um, yeah, they're they're really not doing anything. Um, they're not aiming for anything. They don't really have any solid goals. I think they're kind of just gonna see what happens this season. And if they end up tenth or eleventh halfway through the year, they'll just shut it down again. Yep. Um they gotta do something with the picks, man. At a certain point, you can't just have like 20 seventh graders that you're eventually going to draft like these exactly. you have to package these guys and turn them into something real to help Shea Gilgis Alexander um and who knows when he's actually ever going to do that yeah and the thing with the draft too is like when you get these superstar draft picks like this year it was Cade or a couple years ago with Zion even if you're at two 
and you offer seven draft picks to move up to one, they're not taking the deal. Yeah. They're just not. When you know you're getting a solar superstar like Zion or like Luca or something like that, they're just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So all these draft picks, you're right. They have to be used, but people have to accept them. So you have to make a deal that people want to take. Mm-hmm. And right now I just, I, I don't see how they do that effectively. I don't either. He's Sam Presti. has got plenty of time to prove us wrong, um, but he hasn't done anything interesting recently. Just keeps yeah. acquiring picks. Yeah. So um, I think that wraps up for this episode. Ben, anything else do we, that real we have to quick, talk about? Real yeah. quick on the Spurs. What do you think about Josh Primo? I think it's an experiment. I think it's like, let's put him in the G league or like, let's give him a few minutes here and there for like four years. And then hopefully he turns into something. I think it's a super long project pick. I, I think I agree. Um, he, his three point shot looks nice though. Yes. Very good form. Um, very good form. He's weak and like very, very frail, but I, I don't know. I like, I have faith that he'll get there. Um, I, the Spurs just do a good job, man. I don't know if it's anything he's done or if I just believe in the Spurs, but like, Watching him in the summer league makes me think he could be a pretty good shooter for them eventually. I think so too. I think he'll be a good shooter. A good player is a different conversation. Yeah, it's fair. But yeah, I think that wraps it up for you guys. Uh, That was our Western Conference breakdown. Go check out the Eastern Conference breakdown if you didn't listen to that yet. Ben, anything else to say before we get on out of here? I've got nothing. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. If you want to interact with us at The Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Blogger at The Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.